Hi, welcome to DFS Coach Talk. My name is Omaha Joe. Alongside me is Josh Crash Davis coming to you for an NFL DFS Week 7 primetime podcast. Josh, you have been all over the podcast this weekend. We had our main slate last night. NBA is going up. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm a little exhausted to be honest, but uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to rock and knock out this this primetime slate, you know. So shift gears from basketball and 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 get back into NFL where we kicked off last night. So absolutely, Josh, you're a man of many talents, um, and I expect no different for this primetime podcast. So we so we got our Sunday night football game. We got our Monday night football game. Um, Sunday night football. We're looking at the Colts versus 49ers. And for Monday Night Football, we're looking at a Saints versus Seahawks matchup. So, Josh, this is going to be an exciting one to, to roll into. Uh, we'll get started here. But, of course, we have one big ask, and it's, it's for a like on the video and a subscribe if you would. Um, you know, it's free to do. You'll get a notification with all of our podcasts. And even so, leave a comment here in the, in the YouTube video. Show us what you think or tell us what you think, and we'll be sure to respond. Josh, ready to jump into this one? Let's go. Awesome. So Colts versus 49ers, Sunday Night Football. It's a 44-point spread, um, and we're looking at it, and it's supposed to be, just in a general sense, it's supposed to be a very rainy, weathered-down day um, Mm. for this game. So it kind of makes it a little more tricky. Of course, with the weather, obviously with the rain, it makes the ball a little more more slippery. It's tougher for the pass. It's tougher for the run. It's kind of just tougher in general. Um, but we'll start here on the Colts side. We'll start at the top with the man Carson Wentz. Um, so for the first three weeks, the offense for Carson Wentz, they had just seven plays over 20-plus yards. But in week five against Baltimore, the Colts just exploded for eight plays over 20-plus yeah. yards. I mean, Wentz had a 402-yard game against Baltimore. Um, last week, Wentz completed just 11 passes, um, but two of those were for a 50-plus yard. So Wentz is starting to pick himself up a little bit. Um, and I think he's starting to just gain a little more ground. He looks a little more comfortable in the offense. Um, now the 49ers do have the sixth-ranked defense here, um, but I think the 49ers, in my eyes, have just been slipping a little bit. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're on a three-game losing streak. They started the year um, with two really good defensive games, but, I mean, in total, the 49ers only have two takeaways this season. It's mm-hmm. a week one pick six and a week six forced fumble. So I'm not necessarily too nervous about this 49ers defense. Although it looks good on paper, they have not been performing to the way we they started off the year. So I actually think this is an okay matchup here for the Colts. I actually really do like the Colts in this one. Um, Josh, what do you think about Carson Wentz um, and just the Colts offense as a whole? Yeah, I, I do. I like the Colts. I watched that game against Baltimore, and Wentz looks like he's starting to really find himself in this offense. Um, you know, I'm not really sure exactly what happened last week, but mm-hmm. I think that, you know, against San Francisco, um, they're 24th against quarterbacks and fantasy points allowed. So, you know, this should be a good spot for Wentz to bounce back after what happened last week. A um, little bit of a concern there with the weather, mm-hmm. but we'll have to keep an eye on that. But assuming that the weather's okay – this should be a pretty good spot for a bounce back for Wentz. So I think he is in a good spot. He's um, I do want to point out that he is 15, three in the captain spot on DraftKings. He's 10,200 in the flex. So um, yeah, I think it's a good play. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to have to pay up for him. Um, You know, obviously in these showdown slates, the quarterbacks on either side have the highest floor um, for any of these position players. So 
in a low scoring game where we're assuming just 44 points, that's kind of where I like to go just because yeah. it's more of a, especially in a cash game, you're going to see is more of a set set points for them. So we'll talk about a couple of these pass catchers here um, for the Colts. You've got Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell actually underwent foot surgery this week. So he's out mm-hmm. um, and, and Hilton, we don't know if he's going to play. So I'm, I'm going to go top down, Josh. I really like Michael Pittman. I mean, he's supporting a 25% target share here, right. for the, here for the Colts. He has five red zone targets on the year. Of course, in their last game against Houston, it was such a blowout. Um, and the Colts defense did most of the work that, I mean, Pittman only had three targets. But mm-hmm. he's averaging right around 10 targets per game before that game. Um, Pittman's looked really strong. And I really like him here, and especially with Paris Campbell being out and potentially Hilton. I mean, his target share is only going to go up more. Right. Um, and with the weather game, I expect Pittman to be a little more involved than some of these deep down throws to someone like a Zach Pascal, mm-hmm. um, who, who I still like. I mean, Pascal actually leads the Colts with the most red zone targets with nine. Um, and just last week, he played on 59 of the offensive 69 snaps here. Um, so, and that's what I, again, like I said, only going to go up. He's supporting about 16% target share. So for the wide receivers here against the Colts, I really like Michael Pittman. Zach Pascal would be a great, great play as well, just purely for volume. I probably am going to go more with Pittman just because of a game script with the weather. Um, but Pascal, I'm definitely going to have him in a few lineups here, and for a cost savings perspective as well. Um, you know, if you're fitting him into the into that lineup, you can't fit Pittman. Um, I like Pascal as well. Yeah. Yeah, so so I guess with Pittman, we're looking at that short passing game is kind of what you're thinking and kind of staying mm-hmm. away from deep passing game. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and then, you know, we have another pass catcher in the backfield um, for the Colts. We have Mo Alley-Cox as the tight end. He actually saw a season high of 49 offensive snaps, um, three, re- three receptions for 42 yards and two touchdowns in a game when Jack Doyle was out for the Colts. Yeah. And although Doyle has come back recently, Mo Alley-Cox is the preferred option in this tight end backfield. I mean, Doyle is out there for a lot of run blocking. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even got fined, I think, he got fined a big number uh, for a penalty, um, maybe like 11K um, in this last game. So, And if you watch the Colts last game, they are actually like putting together plays for Mo Alley-Cox, where he's the first option receiver – Right. Um, and, and I really like that. Now, I will say this. The Colts are the worst team in the NFL in red zone scoring. Um, they've only scored touchdowns on about 36% of their trips. Um, but in a sense, I think Cox is just that physical big guy that can get a touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. Doyle and Cox are about a, about doing a 25-snap to 35-snap split here in the backfield. So like Pittman, I like Pascal. Um, and then as far as Mo Ali Cox go, probably more of a GPP play just because he's not out there 100% of the time. Um, but if I had to choose between him or Doyle, I would definitely go with Mo Ali Cox for the touchdown upside. What's the difference in price there? Do you know between Cox and Doyle? Um, I haven't looked at it yet, no. Okay. Yeah, I'm assuming that because usually Cox is actually priced below Doyle, so I was interested to see if that was the case again this this matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Josh, I know in my prep, and I know as well as yours, um, we like to look in the general sense of the game rather than, you know, like the, um, you know, price to salary, which is important. Like that's what we're Mm -hmm. looking at when we're constructing our lineups. But I know 
um, you know, on our podcast, we love to just talk about who we see as good plays and then going right. from there with our lineup. So, um, yeah. you know, absolutely. I, I just like Mo Alley Cox a little bit more than Jack yeah. Doyle here. So, um, awesome. Go, well, going over to the other side of the ball, I'm here with San Francisco. Trey Lance is ruled out. Um, oh, no, wait. Josh, let's back up here. Let's got to back up. My favorite play on the Colts. Is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite play on the Colts is Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. Um, I did that on our last Thursday Night Football podcast, too. I just brushed over these running backs. Um, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts mm-hmm. is in a great, great script here. He's actually getting Quinton Nelson back, um, the left guard, and he, and that would be even more of a help. Um, he, he's had 472 yards for four touchdowns on the season. His last three games have been amazing. Um, and actually, I think in this sort of game, the Colts are going to be relying heavily on some screen passes. And if you remember, Jonathan Taylor broke out a 76-yard touchdown versus Baltimore on a screen pass. Yeah. Um, so I, I really like Jonathan Taylor here. He's been looking good. Um, San Francisco is 24th in, oppo- in opponent rushing touchdown percentage, um, about 42.86%. So that's – the majority of how they're getting beat. Mm-hmm. And in these last three games, San Francisco has been very middle of the pack in their run defense. They've let up a hundred yards per game in these last three. So with the, with how Jonathan Taylor's looking, coming off of good games, weather dependent, where they're not going to want to send it downfield, they're going to want to run um, or they're going to want to screen pass. I think Jonathan Taylor's going to be a crucial part of this offense. Um, and he actually might just make a captain spot for me. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, that he's probably going to be in the captain spot for me as well, at least in cash. Um, I think that, you know, he's had three really good games in a row. You were talking about his 76-yard screen pass against Baltimore. I know he also had a really long touchdown run against Indianapolis or against Houston last week in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's just really taken off. So, yeah, Jonathan Taylor is, is my number one play for, for this game for sure. Yeah, and we're not even really worried about Naheem Hines anymore. Right. Um, we, you know, at first, we're like, maybe Jonathan Taylor doesn't break out as much as we would like. They split a backfield. But, no, Jonathan Taylor's taking it over. I mean, just in red zone rushes, um, Taylor has a 24-6. Uh, sorry, um, Taylor is 24 rushes in the end zone to Naheem Hines 6. So mm. it, it's very much a difference. Um, I know Hines was a, uh, was a popular waiver wire pickup. Right. Start of the season for some season long fantasy guys. Um, but yeah, I really like Jonathan Taylor here. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Now, now we can go over to the San Francisco side. Um, starting, starting with the quarterback, Jimmy G Trey Lance is ruled out. Um, oh, overall the Colts secondary hasn't been as impressive as we would have liked. Of course, their Colts defense killed it against Houston mm-hmm. um, just last week. And, this was a little surprising because I know the Colts have been beaten in their secondary a lot, but the Colts have actually had seven fumble recoveries, five interceptions, and are the fourth best in the NFL for takeaways, um, which was a surprising stat because I yeah, have con- we, we've liked to target the Colts secondary or, or, or target the opposing team pass catchers against the Colts in these games. I'm a little more nervous here with the, with the weather and the rain that mm-hmm. if the Colts are having these fumbles, having these interceptions – and yes. I and they're and Jimmy G's gonna have to throw not too far downfield. Um, I actually think Jimmy Garoppolo's on the fence for me. Like I said, we like quarterbacks in these games, but I actually I think the Colts defense looks a lot better um, in this game, especially with the weather, than they had in the past. Um, so I'm a little on the fence with Jimmy G. Josh, what do you think? 
Yeah, I think overall, I would agree with that. Um, I will say that Debo Samuel probably has some of the strongest hands in the NFL. I know sure. when he was playing against the Packers, Jair Alexander tried to rip the ball away from him and he couldn't do it. And Jair sure. pretty much does that against everybody, knocks the ball out. Yeah. So I think that, you know, Debo Samuel is the one receiving option for San Francisco that I would definitely uh, be considering because I mean we have to play somebody from San Francisco so yep. that would probably be my top play for San Francisco yeah and I, I agree with you there I mean Debo Samuel has a 33 percent target share in this offense and and we'll get there but George Kittle is even out so it's gonna it's just gonna go more to Debo Samuel he's had four red zone targets uh, with Jimmy G couple 156 yard 189 yards games mm-hmm. um, and and at the start of the season or at the start of his career with Debo Samuel, he was running a lot of these short routes. Recently, he's been able to use his athleticism or the 49ers kind of crafted up some plays for him to use his athleticism downfield. Yeah. Um, but he's still very much a threat in this short between the dashes kind of game, which is where I think Jimmy G is going to have to control the ball. Um, I mean, Colts mainly run a cover two offense and, that's actually a perfect matchup for Jimmy Garoppolo to just basically play point guard and spread the ball around underneath. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I really like Debo Samuel here. He would definitely be from the San Francisco side, my top target that I'm going to put into my lineups. Um, if we're going to look at the other San Francisco wide receivers, of course you have Brandon Ayuk and Muhammad Sanu. Brandon Ayuk, Josh, I'm going to love to hear your take on this one. I might have to play him in a GP play in a GPP he has a season high targets about six. So yeah. no breakout performance, but apparently, and this is from Debo Samuel, he's been having great practices this week um, coming off the bye. Maybe that resets him to what we expected at the start of the season for Brandon Ayuk. Josh, am I crazy for wanting to go to Ayuk in a GPP game? I don't, I don't think you are at all. You know, it's, it's really surprising to me that he hasn't been more involved. I mean, we saw what Ayuk was doing last year, especially towards the end of the year, he was really starting to take off. And then it was like, he just kind of fell off the face of the earth when the season right. started, you know, it was just like, what happened? And and Kyle Shanahan has been talking about, you know, how he's not been, you know, doing his part and all this stuff and he's right. not carrying his load. I think that, you know, this is a good bounce back spot for Ayuk. Um, especially if defenses are starting to look more towards Samuel, you know, if they're, if they're playing some too high, sure. you know, they could, they could kind of shadow Samuel. So that could open up some opportunities for Ayuk, especially in the slot. Um, I think that, you know, Ayuk had a touchdown against Green Bay against Jair Alexander. And so, you know, that doesn't happen. In fact, I think it had been like almost a year and a half since Jair had allowed a touchdown. So, I think <laughs> that, um, you know, that, that, that bodes well for Ayuk. If he's had good practices, you know, he's hearing good reports from Debo, um, yeah. you know, Debo's going to vouch for his guy. So that's going to, that's going to bode well for him. And, and coach Shanahan's going to recognize that. So, yeah, I definitely think, and, and like you said, not many people are, are going to probably be on that play. Um, so Ayuk could definitely be a good play in tournaments. Yeah. I really like what you said there too, about the Colts defense, if they're going to prioritize, um, Debo Samuel, as they should, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have better looks for Brandon Ayuk. Um, and yeah, we're just waiting for that breakout performance. And if, you know, I hope it's not just fluff from the media, um, right. but, you know, he's been in the Kyle Shanahan doghouse. But if he's had some great practices here recently on a bye week, you know, maybe they start crafting up some more plays for him. So, yeah, absolutely. 
What do you um, think about the run, the running game, San Francisco's running game? Because you said they're running a lot of cover two in Indy, so that means you know you want to attack that with the run. So let's let's see what you know they can do there. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So so Trey Sermon has had a limited role since um, Elijah Mitchell has come back. I mean, he only got two snaps versus the Arizona Cardinals. So I mean, Elijah Mitchell is that clear running back one. He was on the field for about forty four um, of the sixty five offensive snaps last week. Um, nine attempts for 43 yards. What really does hurt about the 49ers is they're going to lose their left tackle, Trent Williams, for this game, mm. um, which really stinks for their run game. Yes. Now, Elijah Mitchell, I would love more than Trey Sermon, and you can definitely get to him there if you're because of um, San Francisco most likely going to be favoring favoring the run. The running back that I really like in this backfield is Jamichael Hasty. Yeah, he's um he's basically the receiver out of their running backfield. Um, and he, that's where his impact is going to be. He's actually made a pretty good, big impact through the air so far. He's had five receptions for 36 yards. Um, he is running about six point yards per carry on six attempts. So Jamichael hasty is a great value here in the San Francisco backfield, especially with these short screen passes, um, mm -hmm. that they're, you know, if they don't feel like they're gonna be able to run the ball versus the Colts, Jamichael hasty is going to be on the field. He's probably actually the number two above Trey Sermon. So I like Elijah Mitchell um, for the volume, but I think actually my preferred option here is to Michael Hasty. Yeah, yeah, especially I, I could see like in the red zone, you know, he could get a little screen pass for a touchdown. I could see that happening. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll we'll touch on it last, but of course George Kittle is out on IR for the 49ers this week. You have Ross Dwelly coming in. He's just he's had three targets over the last two games. Um, he's a punt play. He's a value option. Yeah. Mass GPP, it'd be great. Uh, I mean, even on a main slate contest, you're like, okay, I just need to sub in a starting tight end there. You know, Rostwell is your guy. In a showdown, I think my preferred option is not to go here because I don't know what the production is going to look like. Mm -hmm. um, however, like I said, in a mass GPP, Rostwell could really outperform our expectations just because that uh, San Francisco having an offense that favors a tight end like a George Kittle they're going to be running that similar playbook and Ross Dwelly could get some action. Yeah. Yeah. I like it as a punt play. Great, Josh. Um, let's take a pause here and talk to the folks about what we have going on at DFS coach talk before we jump into the Monday night football game. Um, check us out, check us out DFSCoachTalk.com. Um, you can see that right above my head right here, but you'll see our memberships options. You could join our discord three day pass for $10, five day pass for $19. We have a lot of different promotions going on with BetUS. If you want to make a deposit over there, you can see that as the ticker going down here. But we give out full FanDuel lineups, a DraftKings clipboard, Yahoo lineups um, in our Discord. And when you sign up, you're not just getting one sport. You're getting all the sports. Yeah. And we have a lot of them going on um, at the moment. So it's been great. We've been crushing NFL DFS. Um, our other man, Andrew Hansen, is not with us for the podcast. He's enjoying spending his... 8K payday on DraftKings um, and another payday the week prior with the uh, Thursday night football game. So come on, come join us. Our Twitter is DFSCoachTalk.com. We'll put up news and updates out there. But the quickest way um, to get our thoughts and opinions is in our Discord. And we like to save a couple plays there as well, specifically just for our members. So, yeah, come on in. Join us at DFSCoachTalk.com. Um, enjoy our Discord. Josh, you got anything to add? 
No, man, I think you you wrapped it up pretty well. Um, like you said, you know, we get all the, we give you all the sports with our memberships. Uh, you don't pay for just one sport at a time. So that's, that's one of the great things about DFS coach talk. So. Absolutely. Great. Awesome. So for this Monday night football game, we have the Seahawks taking on the saints. Josh is just me or I feel like the Seahawks are on every prime time yeah. um, podcast here. They're, they're every game. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. So, the Saints, though, this is their first time, um, obviously, being uh, featured in a Thursday night or Monday night. Um, so we got so we got James Winston for the Saints. Um, tough subject to bring up, but he had five touchdowns in week one versus your yeah. Green Bay Packers, Josh. Um, and Seattle is dead last in total defense here um, in the NFL. So James Winston is a tricky one for me because after that week one, he mm-hmm. has not broken out. Um, And that kind of goes for the weapons that the Saints have. But Seattle's defense has been pretty bad here. Um, You know, obviously, um, they had the Seahawks last week. Sorry, um, my apologies. The Seahawks had the Steelers last week. um, And Najee Harris did a good amount of damage there for them. So um, just in a total total scheme, I don't like Seattle's defense here. So Jameis Winston is an option. Um, I don't know, Josh, what do you think about the Saints um, QB here? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, he had that huge game down in Jacksonville week one. I don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> it happened. So, right. um, but in, on the flip side, it's kind of turned the Packers season around. So I'm not too too messed up about it. But sure. I think that um, you know, Jameis Winston, you know, he's been better this year about protecting the football. That's one of the things that I've definitely noticed is he's not turning the ball over like he used to. Um, so if he can if he can protect the ball and put them in good position, you know, in the red zone to score. I don't know. I really think that this is going to be an Alvin Kamara game. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it could be that they they set up the pass a little bit off of the run and, you know, you get some play action and, and they get some touchdowns that way. Um, in the passing game, I do like Marcus Callaway in this game. But um, overall, Jameis Winston, I would I would probably lean towards fading him in this game. Just because I would I would rather have the weapons on on both sides, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I also think this is going to be an Alvin Kamara game, and I'm kind of in the same boat of fading Jameis Winston in yeah. in the preference of the Saints run. Um, I mean, you saw what Najee Harris did to the Seahawks right. um, last game, and the Seahawks are actually they have the 29th ranked defense in PPR points game allowed against the running backs, and Kamara is the bell cow for the Saints. Mm-hmm. 87 percent of the snaps. He is their workhorse, and although Kamara hasn't had that absolute breakout game, this would be the game to do it. Yeah. This would absolutely be the game to do for it. Sure. So I like Kamara here a ton. I mean, captain spot for sure um, yeah. in these showdown matchups, and definitely going to be favoring the running game a lot more for the Saints for the Saints offense. Um, like you said, with touching the receivers, I wouldn't mind getting just a receiver to make my lineup a di- little differently for the Saints, and that's going to be Marquez Callaway. Um, it is a pretty favorable matchup here against the C- against Seattle. They're allowing the fifth most passing yards of any team in the league. Um, so that's why I think James Winston's an okay GPP option. I mean, Robert Woods for the Rams, he went for 12 passes for 150 yards. Yeah. Again, you know, just two weeks ago. So right. Sports line and PFF um, is projecting Callaway to go over 65 receiving yards again, um, making him a pretty solid pick. Deontay Harris, the other receiver in the backfield, has been missing pa- missing practice. Um, Ty Montgomery as well um, has just kind of been a, an absence 
in that mm-hmm. offense. So if you're going to have to go to a wide receiver for the Saints, I like Callaway, a good option to throw in your lineup. Um, but I, like, like we both said, we really like Alvin Kamara. Is Michael Thomas coming back? I know he's eligible to come off the PUP. Is he going to be able to come back in this game, or is he going to be out still? You know, I think if he does, that would really obviously change things up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm almost a little nervous about it. Um, yeah. I don't fully trust it yet. I haven't heard enough whisperings to be like, yeah, Michael Thomas is going to be activated here. I know he's eligible. Right. It might be a situation like Jarvis Landry was where he was eligible to come off of that IR. Maybe like not before this Thursday night, but a weekend before, but they just held off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Being a Monday night football game though, gives them a little bit more time. So yeah, if Michael Thomas comes in here, definitely an option um, to look at. I mean, he's just that talented. Yeah. Um, you know, I might even like him over Callaway. So yeah, if Thomas comes here, definitely changes things up. I'm maybe in the camp of not expecting him to come back, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Awesome. And then point that out, you know, just in case he does come back, um, because that would change some things. But at the flip side of that, it could also open up some things for Callaway too, because he's not going to be the number one guy anymore. So yeah, yeah, you know, that's a great point. Um, Other, other pass catcher for the Saints is Juwan Johnson as the tight end. Um, In these last couple of games, he's been a little as uh, absent. He said, you know, he had one target last Mm -hmm. game and then just a couple prior, but I mean, on the season, he had two touchdowns. Um, mainly came from the week one. Yeah. We have um, a tight end coming back for the Saints, Nick Varnett. Um, he got a knee injury in preseason. I don't think it's going to take away from Juwan Johnson's, um, you know, receiving mm-hmm. yards, but splitting snaps, um, Varnett's going to be on the field a little bit more. I'm not in love with the Saints tight end room. Um, Varnett would be a sneaky value option though. Definitely. If he does fly out, cause he's just so cheap on both yeah. sites, Josh. So w- what's your take on the tight ends here? Yeah, I would I would actually lean towards Vanette um, because you know as a GPP play, it's just one of those plays. No one's probably going to play him. Right. He's like three hundred in the captain spot on DraftKings, you know. So it's just a free square. Yeah, to allow you to put everybody else in your lineup that you want to pay up for. So that would definitely be my take on that. Um, Jawan Johnson, it, it's looking more and more like that Week One game against us was just kind of a fluke, you know. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think Nick Varnett would be a sneaky pump play. I don't think a lot of people will have their eyes on the fact that he's coming back off right. the IR. I mean, it, it, with that preseason game. So Nick Varnett for sure. Um, but love Alvin Kamara, um, as we both expressed. So um, jumping over to the Seahawks, you have Geno Smith starting again. Uh, you can just tell Russell Wilson is itching yeah. to, to come back on the field. He does not like sitting on the sidelines. I don't think I've seen that man sit or stand still. Um, every time they pan to him, he is talking his microphone, running around. Um, yeah. What a mentor for Geno Smith. But, you know, I know Russell Wilson's eager to get get out there. So, oh, yeah. Um, Geno Smith in that last game to the Steelers, he went 23 of 32 for 209 yards and a touchdown. Um, he was decent. It was kind of like he was just um, he was just moderately average there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did go to their running back, Alex Collins, a lot in that Steelers game. I don't think they're going to be able to go to Alex Collins here versus the Saints. The Saints have maybe the most stingiest run defense. They're limiting their opponents to about 70 yard, 79 rushing yards per contest, and they're ranking second in the NFL against the run defense and just points allowed in yeah. general in a game. So I, I'm i fading Alex Collins heavy if I'm going to go to the Seahawks, which you're going to want to, um, to get some exposure there. Definitely the passing side of the house um, versus the Saints because I just don't think you can go there with the run defense. Yeah. 
It's going to be tough on both sides uh, running in passing against the Saints, but I think that you know if I was going to pick one, it would be the the obviously if Russell Wilson was playing, it would definitely be the passing game. Right. But Geno Smith, it makes a little bit more of a questionable decision on both sides, but mm-hmm. I would lean towards the passing game um, with the Saints. You know, yeah. Alex Collins. I mentioned this last week in our podcast with Andrew uh, in the primetime podcast that he's. He's shown this in the past where he'll have a big game and then he just kind of disappears the next game. And so that's kind of my prediction for what's going to happen in this game. He had a big game last week against the Steelers. So he's going to be on a lot of people's radar. Uh, But even going back to his time in Arkansas, he was doing the same thing where he'd have that big game and then kind of disappear. So that's what I'm looking to happen on this game. And, um, you know, just just lean towards that Seattle passing game. Hope that Metcalf or Lockett can find the end zone and, um, you know, yep. lean heavily towards the Saints in this matchup, honestly. Yeah, I'm in the same camp. I mean, if I had to pick a quarterback on either side, I want to pick Geno Smith. If I had to pick a running back, I want to pick Alvin Kamara. Um, and that's probably going to be what my lineups are going to be looking like. And among those receivers, you've got to love DK Metcalf. Um, yeah. DK Metcalf has been supporting a 20, 28% target share, and it's only growing with Geno right. Smith. I think Geno Smith looks down the field like, who's my biggest guy to throw to? Yeah. Who, who, who do I know is going to put a paw on the ball? And that's DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett's been really falling out in these last two yeah. games um, just with his production, where DK Metcalf, of, of course, Geno Smith's not a Russell Wilson, so it's not like DK Metcalf um, is fitting these tight spots in these catches, but he's the preferred preferred target for Geno Smith. Right. Um, and that's why I like DK Metcalf here. I don't expect him to change that and be like, oh, this is a Tyler Lockett game, as we've seen for them to flip-flop before. Mm-hmm. I think as Geno Smith's in there, you can kind of confidently say that DK Metcalf um, is going to have the better game, and that's definitely what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think that DK Metcalf is definitely the preferred option. Lockett had that huge game in, in week one, and and I think he might have had a follow-up game in week two, and then he just mm-hmm. kind of disappeared after that, so... Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, you have a wide receiver three, Freddie Swain. Um, there's been some talk in Seattle that he's, you know, a Josh Gordon type or, or mm-hmm. whatever. But Swain's been okay. Um, I actually would include him in my player pool. He's had a couple touchdowns on the season. Um, that was a, a lot with Russell Wilson. Um, yeah. But they had some design plays there for him to, you know, go up in the corner of the end zone and get a grab. Um, so don't count Freddie Swain out. I wouldn't necessarily prioritize him either. Th- that's another mass GPP play for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Freddie Swain's decent. I think there's gonna be enough, enough volume there for the price he's at on both sites that, um, you can feel confident in, in some of that production, especially if he breaks away for a touchdown. Yeah. So, yeah, I also want to throw out there, I think you, you could probably see a game here where it kind of favors a situation where Jason Myers comes into play as a kicker. Sure. Um, you know, I think that Seattle will struggle to get in the end zone. So I could see him getting many opportunities to kick some field goals in this game. Yeah. Especially with the Saints defense being so stout and yeah. not, not allowing a lot of points against them. I also think Myers could be a really solid play. So um, finally, with the tight ends for Seattle, you had Gerald Everett come back from the COVID-19 list. Um where Will Disley was the man in the room. And we mm-hmm. kind of expect against the Steelers to see Gerald Everett come away with a big game or basically take back over his tight end one spot. Right. And Will Disley score the touchdown. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think overall they are, for the time being, going to be splitting snaps between Everett and Will Disley. I don't think it's just going to be Gerald Everett's backfield because Will Disley, you know, he he did well in Everett's mm-hmm. absence. So 
I'm not confident going to either tight end for Seattle. Um, if I had to choose one, I'm still going to favor Gerald Everett, mainly because I think people are going to be on Disley after the touchdown. You know, Everett's still a very good tight end, um, and he's going to get production. But it really is a bummer that we don't have a number one tight end in the Seattle backfield anymore. Yep, yeah, I agree. Awesome, Josh. Well, we touched on the kicker for Seattle. I agree with you there with Myers. Um, and I think that just about wraps up yeah. um, our primetime podcast here. Do you have anything else to add? I think that'll do it, man. I think we got it covered pretty well here. So awesome. Awesome. Enjoy our Saturday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. We're recording this on Saturday. Um, so as news breaks, follow us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. We'll be putting stuff out there. Um, and of course, come join us on our Discord. We're about to have a massive weekend. MLB, NBA, um, and of course these NFL podcasts as you've been listening to them. The main slate podcast has already been posted. It was posted last night. So, yeah, Josh, uh, as far as me, um, Omaha Joe, and Josh Josh Crash Davis goes, uh, we are looking forward to an NFL Week 7 as we just look to crush it in NFL DFS.